Welcome back to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. My name is Joe Bettner, and joining me today was the uh, fill-in thrower for the 2009 Dr. Pepper Throwing Challenge at the Big 12 title game. It's Tyler Palmatier. Tyler, how are you? Well, my arm's still, I think I've got the shoulder, little shoulder thing. You were practicing, throwing. practicing quite a bit for that, I remember. Uh, yeah. I was. Could have had that 100,000. What was the winnings? What were I the winnings? I think it's like 100K scholarship. So I would I have to go back to school for this? You could. What I don't would know. you do if you went back to school? If I went back to school, I would probably get something. Double, you... triple major in journalism? Mm-mm. Just triple down on this? <laughs> Just get like a journalism degree, a PR degree, a marketing degree. <laughs> Just go for all three. Um, I'd try and become a print master. I think... If I went back to school, I would like do something like I'm not good at it. Dance, yeah, that. Uh, which kind of reminds me, I had a person that I went to o- OU with that was a PR and a ballet major, and at first I thought he said valet, <laughs> like as in like moving cars. <laughs> and so imagine my confusion for the first like minute or two where I thought he was talking about like, is that a is that a degree? <laughs> Just like. Wow, they're just in there. Like, it starts with the first valet ever. The, it's, in I a, mean, it was in a horse and chariot. Little valet boy came popping out, little bow tie. There are some stupid degrees. Yeah, there are. Well, you know, we used to have a journalism ballet major right here in the office. We did, yes. Coincidentally. That is so true. So it's not that uncommon. But valet, would you invest a four year education in that? There are some people that I will. I don't want to say they're wasting their money. I'm not going to say the degrees that I Some think. people have money to waste. Sure. But there are some degrees where I think if my child was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going out of state to pursue this certain degree. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want to demean anyone's major. But I would tell my kid, you're getting a job. You're going to take out some student loans. I'm not going to help you with that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, welcome to another OU football podcast. Okay, Boomer. Okay, boomer. Um, just saying. Uh, you can go get your journalism degree at Missouri by yourself. <laughs> no, I'm, d- I'm honestly, yeah. Mostly joking. Lucky. Mostly joking. Um, but welcome back to another football podcast. It is Big 12 Championship Week. Tyler is here with me, and we have a lot to go over as a. You know, this is probably the first Tuesday where I'm actually invested in the college football playoff rankings. Like, truly, just like. The this is where it really matters, I think, and of course, you know, I'm covering a high school game on Tuesday night, so I can't, I can't. Well, like the first time, like I'm actually interested, I, I'm not able to watch it. We've never made, we haven't been able to watch hardly any of them. Yeah, only the first one we could because it comes out at 8 p.m. But all the others, we've been literally in the middle of post practice. Yeah, I mean, I had to just not, you know, when players come out and you gather around to talk to them, I just had to sit down and I was just writing and trying to post a story just get instant feedback what do you think of the rankings you yeah. have no clue about um this just in kenneth uh, kenneth murray what do you think you're number seven <laughs> um oklahoma not no longer number seven they are number, uh, number six. six yes yes um as the rankings go ohio state lsu clemson go one two three and then there is a about Four teams, I think, with a legitimate shot. Obviously, Georgia, if they beat LSU, they're in. If uh, And then there's Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Mm-hmm. And very important to note, Baylor. Baylor at number seven. 
I think as maybe, I don't want to call myself a Big 12 apologist, but I think that Baylor is getting a bad rap here. I feel like the conversation has mostly revolved around whether Utah or OU should get the fourth spot if Georgia loses to LSU. Do you feel, though, how viable are Baylor's chances, though? Because I think it is a big, big deal to know what the perception of Baylor is because if the committee doesn't respect them as a potential playoff team, then I don't know if there's a big difference between OU beating Baylor and Utah beating Oregon. Well, I don't know about that. I feel like they're high enough. They're they're maybe not – I don't know that the committee views them as a serious playoff contender because I I think they despise their non-conference schedule as they should and the way they handled it. Didn't they barely beat Rice? They've they've struggled. I mean, they've gotten better throughout the year, but the results are what they are. They don't change. So, like, you, they have this horrible non-conference schedule on paper. I think the committee doesn't like that. I don't think the committee views them as a legitimate playoff contender. That being said, they may view them better than they view Oregon, and they may view two wins over Baylor as ultimately when it all when all the chips get counted up, they may view those victories that OU has as they may just look at the whole resume and say, you know, the war of attrition. I keep saying attrition, but that's kind of why, I, that's what I think this is stacking up for OU. I think this one last win could just barely push them past Utah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I feel like that's a could that's been in the works for a while. I could I th- be wrong. I think part of it boils down to maybe this last ranking kind of says that Utah or the, the committee – respects Utah just based on eye test because it's obviously not resume. I think OU has a better resume than Utah. But I think the committee values Utah more than they value OU. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the committee is not in the business where they rank teams based on what they think will happen in the future. They base things on what they know has happened and the, the stuff that's already happened. And I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that Oklahoma jumps Utah with that, like you said, with the win over Baylor. And so it's just more of like, uh, okay, can you can you prove it one more time? Can you get another top 10 win? Because then once you have two top 10 wins, then yes, you are. It's going to be hard to, I just think it's going to be hard to argue against. Yeah. You're going to have, there's going to be a resume that's starkly better than the other. Well, and the, the other thing and is it, if Utah, if Utah gets in, I mean, it just, it completely goes back on what we know about scheduling non-conference wise. Cause it's not like Utah has an amazing schedule strength of schedule. They're worse than both OU and Baylor. I mean, depending on where you look. Yeah. It, uh, it honestly does. It de- there are several strength of schedules that at least have OU and Utah close. I could be wrong in saying that one actually rates Utah's better, but it sort of varies what you look at. That's true. I just feel like that we're, that we're going down a hole where some years strength of schedule matters and some years it doesn't because I think the message that you send is that as long as you're beating the crap out of all these bad teams, then you're fine. And what matters? I mean, you look, there's one lost teams at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, app state is not getting any love. Sure. I mean, is Memphis a one loss? Isn't Memphis a one loss? Memphis going into this weekend matters. Yeah, it does. Memphis currently is a one-loss team. They're eleven and one. Cincinnati's ten and two, and Appalachian State's eleven and one. Those are the three teams vying for that Group of Five bid. Mm-hmm. So it's just a potential. Whoever loses this game between OU and Baylor, and if the Big Twelve misses out on the playoff, you're potentially looking at 
whoever loses the Big 12 title game playing one of those teams in Arlington a mm-hmm. month from now. So. Which, as we just had a conversation about, I think OU fans would really not like that. They would they would not be keen on that idea. Like, I don't think. you just were in Arlington. Go on back. I mean, it would be... Because you go to a bowl for a trip, right? I've never done this. I've never been a person. I've never, I not once in my life have I been like, as a fan, traveled to the bowl game. But I would assume that the experience is about going to Miami, like breaking out your uh, Havana shirt. you going in to a warm locale. If it's going to Arizona, you're going to go play some golf in Tucson or Scottsdale or whatever, whatever you do there. I'm not but, a golfer, but I would, I would do that. Or whatever. I mean, I'm not a golfman. You could go to a pool, maybe, or a spa. I think Miami, places like Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, obviously Pasadena. A lot of vitriol against Atlanta. Really? I mean, I was sensing some in a conversation I was in the other day. There are some people who don't want to go to Atlanta. I love it. I've never been. It's a great city. It's got a lot of heart. You know what I call it? Hot Atlanta. You ever heard that? (laughs) <laughs> never before in my life have i heard it referred to as hotland hey feel free to tweet that and use it gotcha under a hashtag preferably the only time i've gone to a bowl and it wasn't even like it was just like on a on a random whim but like one of my friends who went to osu said he got really cheap tickets surprise surprise he got really cheap tickets to the cotton bowl between oklahoma state and missouri back in 2013 and he was like, do you want to go? I was like, do I have to pay for my ticket? He's like, no, they're really cheap. I'll just cover both. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. It was a really weird. It was a great game, wasn't it? It was really good. Missouri won on, I think, like a last minute play. Yeah. It was a good game. And I went for free. So I really, but also just like when you're, I mean, I think for college students, I think Dallas is a nice little road trip. I mean, maybe not so much because it's winter break and people are already home, but there's nothing wrong with Dallas. I just think it's the fact they just went there for the Big 12 championship. Fair then enough. you're back in that building. Like, it's not even going to – that bowl game isn't even going to be as exciting as the Big 12 championship you just won. Or, I guess in that scenario, they probably would l- lose the Big 12 championship, right? The, yeah, to go to the Cotton Bowl, they'd have to lose that to Baylor. Correct. Because so you don't want to go back in that building after <laughs> losing to Baylor and then you just go back and play Memphis. Like, that – The opponent also doesn't help. No, it's bad. I, I, it makes you wonder why the Cotton Bowl would even... I mean, it's some good points were made by our publisher on this, Mark Millsap. He was the one who's really driving this point home. That, yeah. that the, I don't know how all these decisions are made, but the bowl executives of the Cotton Bowl, would why would they... They want to get a team that's going to sell some tickets. I think OU would be that team. But not if they, they, also, lose, not if they lose to Baylor. Those fans aren't going to – I don't think they want to go back. There's a pretty good t- Dallas contingent of OU fans. I yeah. think that would – They really want to go. go to that game. I don't know. I mean, what else do you have to do on December 28th? Nothing Nothing going on around that time. Nothing Nothing to see. Well, we don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't – you know. We'll, we'll check the pulse of Sooner Nation at some point. But Tweet I guess – your thoughts. Yeah. If if, if <laughs> retweet if you want to go to the Cotton Bowl, <laughs> like if you don't, <laughs> put a poll out there. But um, but no, Oklahoma though at number six, I think is 
you know, it's. I think a lot of people were surprised though when they didn't jump Utah after beating Oklahoma State. And were you one of them? Surprise. Well, if I had to get, I kind of thought it could happen. I mean, I, I wasn't like, oh yeah, it's slam dunk gonna happen. But if you get, if you ask me, I kind of thought it was, was gonna happen. I would just shake, kind of grinning because you said I think some people were surprised. I mean, that's putting it nicely. Based on the reaction I saw on Twitter, I would say 75% of OU fans were betting on it. They were not happy. Never bet on this college football playoff ranking. I do think it's good news for Oklahoma that Oklahoma State stayed in the top 25. And that was kind of the thing that I can't remember. I was having a conversation with this about this, but someone was saying, like, it's not going to be good when OU beats Oklahoma State because then they're going to drop out. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, they, they might get the Baylor treatment because when OU beat Baylor, Baylor, I don't think they maybe dropped one spot. And the college football playoff committee for all that I think that you know they there's a lot of room for improvement in their process. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I do like is that they don't treat these rankings as the AP voters. Who a lot of AP voters just if you lose you get dropped naturally, and if you win you move up, and um, just kind of like oh well this team lost let's drop them down ten spots, mm-hmm. uh, and because these other teams didn't, but. Oklahoma State staying in is really good. I mean, USC being there at number 22 as the highest-ranked four-loss team um, obviously bodes well for Utah, considering they lost to USC with a third-string quarterback on a Friday night, which apparently matters for some reason. You're really stoking the flames. I'm just saying. I I think it was weird that Rob Mullins mentioned that Utah lost on a Friday night, and he's never done that before this year. I mean, I don't know if he did it last year, but I know that this season he has not said – I haven't heard anything in reference to people playing on a, a different day of the week. So I don't really – Who's the Kansas AD? Jeff Long. Kansas? Yeah. Jeff Long, I think, unless I've got he, he it was the He was the original playoff committee chair, correct? Oh, I don't know. I can't – Pretty sure, pretty sure All the way back to 2014? Jeff Long, Kirby Hocutt, now it's Rob Mullins. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Sure. It was either Jeff Long or Kirby Hoka that made the comment about Stanford having body clock issues for play, like losing week zero and playing like in Australia. Oh, yeah. And that was a whole ordeal and became a meme of itself. So I think the committee does, honestly, they think about like, well, this team was on a short week. And I think it's something that they consider and it would be consistent with that. It hasn't happened a whole lot, but. Well, so what? If it matters to them, then you got to take it into account. I'm just saying. Who do you play? Did OU, did OU go? I should does OU's win over South Dakota carry more weight because they had a short week after playing Houston on a Sunday? Maybe it should. I think we should ride into the committee. No, I'm just kidding. I just think it's you know you play when you play, and you know who got really triggered by that comment was uh, Oklahoma State fans because of the loss to uh, Iowa State on a Thursday back in 2011 different times well we're talking about a different era here wasn't the the bcs computers did not take into account thursday night games right 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 maybe they should have yeah just well i don't know just short week Eh. i think if you decide to play a game on a friday night i don't think you should get cut any slack for it i don't care i really don't you know they'll do what they will part of me wonders i was going to mention this i think if you're a conspiracy person which I am. Which you are. Anybody out there. I know there's some people are, you know, we were touching on this with George a couple weeks ago about how the college football playoff ranking unveils are all about TV ratings. And there are people that, you know, they there's are. always somebody that's like, it always goes back to the TV ratings. Like, 
It's uh, all a show. They're <laughs> just trying to get the SEC in, and that's all they care about. If you're that guy, then... Which I am. Yes. <laughs> like, I hope people don't think I'm making fun of you. I'm also that person. If you're that guy, then you have to also believe that people... there are More people are going to watch Oklahoma, Ohio State, or Oklahoma, LSU, or Oklahoma... Clemson, then there there's just more eyeballs that are going to watch Oklahoma than Utah. You're you're absolutely on point. So if you believe in that, then you you should believe by guilty by association that that OU is going to get in if it comes down to two one loss team. You know if all happens like we think it's going to happen, even if Utah Utah wins, OU wins, Georgia loses, then you're good. You must think that OU's going to get in because of the ratings. You can't have it both ways. Aren't these the weirdest conversations about this? This is the weirdest part of college football. And I can't tell if I love it or hate it. It's so dumb. I mean, the dumbest thing about all of this is the tweet that said that and I'm not even going to name him. He doesn't deserve it. Oh, but the guy that said that Oklahoma doesn't really belong in because they're own three in college football playoff games. Mm-hmm. I was super triggered at that you had a funny tweet you had a funny response well just like imagine telling someone telling someone hey these guys you didn't play with you're gonna get you're not eligible for the championship that they couldn't reach because they lost (laughs) you had a really funny way of wording it. imagine 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 being the college football playoff committee and telling a team hey some guys that you never played with lost a few games during a different season so you're not eligible to compete for the title they couldn't reach (laughs) How stupid is that? It's it's Jeff Schwartz, by the way, who doesn't he spells his name G E O L or G E O F F. Not trying to name shame, but just saying, just putting that out. Is there. he a guy or like he's I, a Pac-12 guy? He well, I mean, like, is he a guy guy? Like, is he? I've never heard of him until all of a sudden all this vitriol. He it's my word of the day. He's got ninety one thousand Twitter followers, I, an eight I, year NFL offensive lineman, works for Pac twelve today on Sirius XM. He works for SB Nation, ESPN Radio. He has the Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast, and then this I, I agree with this last line, just a fat kid li- living a dream. That's kind of my mantra through life. Um but Jeff Schwartz, that was just honestly of all the things that has been said around this whole conversation, the dumbest take that has been put out there. What's Pac-12 today? It's I think it's like the Big 12, like the Pac-12 version of like the Big 12 show that Plank and uh, Gay Bikerd do. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I just super triggered by all of that. The, and they would all stem from Paul Feinbaum saying that, you know, he said, quote, let's be honest, the country doesn't want to see Utah in the college football playoff, which, like you said, I think is very true. I don't think anyone wants to see Utah in the playoff. But I'll say this. That's not what this is about. Who do we want to see? You go down a slippery slope again. If it's all about who do you want to see, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, put Georgia in. Put, put Alabama in. in. <laughs> exactly. People, that's, I mean, if that's what we want to see, then I don't know. Those teams just need to play in the preseason. This is how we fix or play college in the football. non-conference season. Yeah, it's just it, this is so stupid. This is how we fix it, college football is we have you tweet kind of like how 
people tweet their Heisman vote. Like I voted Jalen Hurts for Heisman. You should vote too at ESPN.com sponsored by Capital One. And then you can click on the vote for, I think we should also do that for college football playoff teams. So we should just let fans decide what they want and get the media member cast a vote for Jalen Hurts like four weeks ago. And I was like, what are we doing right now? What, what outlet? I'm not going to reveal any of that. Someone did it. Can we, can we play a game of guess who on this podcast? No, <laughs> that's not what this podcast is all about. We're all thinking I, it. We all think we all know who we have in mind. Who's, who I did don't this. know. You might be surprised, but moving on. Sure. Um, the Baylor rematch. Baylor. Boy, that that question's been asked about a thousand times this week. And it, uh, is it any harder to uh, go up against a team a second time? How do you prepare for a team? How do you do it, Lincoln? <laughs> You've never done this before. How do you prepare? It's going to be Can real you believe tough. believe this? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I'm kind of over that. But it is interesting in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's weird because specifically b- both teams played a great half the last time. Yeah. Such a weird game. It's sort of like the black and white cookie. You know what I'm talking about? No. You've but never seen that cookie split right down the middle? One half is black, one half is white. Not seen this. One one half is Who sells this dirt. cookie? Oh, bakeries. It's everywhere. Hmm. Um but we just saw such a stark difference between the two teams. Yeah. And it's uh it'll be I, I'm fascinated to watch them play again. This is a I mean, of all the teams you get to see play again, with the exception of maybe Texas, because it's Texas, because of the classic that they had, it is gonna be a lot of fun. I think so. To your point about Texas, I think if OU and Texas played today, it would be a bloodbath in favor of the Sooners. But Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, under under a circumstance in which Texas was not the dumpster fire that it became down, well, the, down the stretch. I think part of that dumpster fire, and by the way, Texas pretty much got rid of their entire staff and demoted Tim Beck. And so that's uh, not things, – things not going well in Austin. But OU Baylor, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in this game – like you said, I don't think the first meeting really told us a lot about either of these teams because they were so so starkly different that I, I think that it's probably somewhere in between. And I think Oklahoma, I would say is Oklahoma is probably still the more more talented group. But I mean, well, they kind of came out of their defensive slump there. I mean, yeah, like pulled it out of a hat. That's when the, they have been on a steady uptick since that second half. You know what people don't talk about it's about that game? It's all been really good since then. It, it's been really good. Oklahoma, I mean, the defense, since that Baylor game, they go into TCU. Defense plays a great game, although some would call it a disaster and a letdown. Um, we the game on this, or the? The defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, us on this podcast will not say that. Others will. But here on another OU football podcast, our official stance is that defense played good against TCU. I thought they had – Maybe their best performance of the season against Oklahoma State, the way they contained Chuba Hubbard. Not so much that they let him run for 100, and y- 100 yards, but the fact that he li- – like Chuba is really good at getting those big chunk plays, those back-breaking plays where he can go 70, 80 yards and score. And he on just – I hadn't seen him play up, up close this season. And he hack- he did look like – he looked like after about four yards he was at full speed or like yeah. two yards. So he looked like he was just ready to go for a – for huge gains it's an explosive player the thing that i think probably not enough a lot of people are talking about is the fact that 
the way the defense was able to attack Baylor in the second half, I think a lot of it has to do with the way they, A, well, the offense, and people have talked about just how the offense was able to manage the clock, but also the defense, that offensive line from Baylor is not, they're, they're not Joe Moore award winners. They're not, they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very, uh, I don't want to say mediocre line. That seems a little bit harsh for a team that's 11 and one. Um, but at the same time, the defense just really wore them down. And I, think that charlie brewer who has shown flashes of what can be a really good quarterback just didn't have it in the tank and he's just he's not he's not the guy i don't think that leads you to to a big 12 championship i think you might be right i don't know i my predictions have really gone downhill lately but uh i just think ou's defense is different i believe in the trend that they're on are they a different breed a rare breed even a rare no i just they're just they're just better whatever slump they went into kansas state iowa state first half of baylor they've could they've consistently shown that they've come out of it better you know even though it hasn't been like bushels of turnovers although they did have two last week it's been those key turnovers on you know the final plays which is a pretty amazing stat the last what 3 Four. Four games. They've they've done that on the final play. It's it's remarkable. It's, you don't see that very much. Um, but then I think the offense has changed too. Hertz had that horrible first half. I think they kind of figured that out. They've they really have turned him into a game manager since then. He's not It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody I mean, nobody in that football office is gonna argue. I think they can win like that. I think they can too, and I think it's why Alabama had not so much with Jalen Hurts, but Alabama really in the early part of this decade was really good at just finding a guy, a quarterback that was going to not make so many mistakes and rely on their defense to win football games because you didn't need the offense to be amazing. You just needed them to put up you know, 30, 30 points a game, which when you have a great defense, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that. And I'm not saying that Oklahoma has an Alabama defense, but they've figured out how to use Jalen correctly and or not correctly but just they manage the risk is the big thing yeah and you're fi- you find your strengths with your guys and you find the best ways to utilize them they've they've found that not only with Jalen Hurts but with the offensive line rotation they've got going now obviously Kennedy Brooks is having a really good second half to a season uh it's going to be interesting where Oklahoma goes next year because I think when Spencer Rattler's in a quarterback, you might get back to the days of OU throwing it all over the field. But I think you will. I don't think that this. I think so many OU fans there's like a there's this anxiety that oh the offense is changing for good, that yeah. like this is what Riley wants, and I, I think Riley would much rather prefer to fling it around and score fifty points a game, and but then also have a defense that's just good. I just think the situation right now is Hertz is just vertically challenged when it comes to passing, and he did all of a sudden get hit with the turnover bug, and I think you lose a little confidence in yourself. I think you second-guess yourself, which I think can lead to more turnovers. So what do they do? They I just think they buttoned it down. They run plays where it puts him in a good position. There's less risk for bad things to happen. He's not thrown vertically as much, and then Kennedy Brooks has taken more of a load with the running – running the football he's only fumbled kenny brooks only fumbled once in his whole career here so it's you give him the ball he's going to take care of it hurts it's just a little different story he's a quarterback 
And it's a, I mean, it's a bit of a bummer for, I guess, some of the guys on the team that, like C.D. Lamb, who's had some attitude um, things flare up and just, I mean, maybe not attitude, but just frustration that has been visibly shown on the field. Visible frustration. Visible, visible frustration. And honestly, I don't blame the guy because you go into the first half of the season and you are the playmaker and you are the guy that is no one's really even close to being I think CD Lamb or ha- has the talent of CD Lamb I think of of all the guys on that offense except for maybe like Creed Humphrey the guy with the most NFL potential CD Lamb at this point mm-hmm. um, and there's probably some other guys that develop into that but uh, but CD Lamb is the best player I think OU has an offense and I would be upset too if like for the first half of the season before the Kansas State game and well even at the Kansas State game he was really good but it's the offensive changed so much that it's kind of taken CD out of the equation, which is why I don't really think that, you know, even with CD playing against Baylor, which he didn't play against them the first time around, I don't know if it makes a huge difference because they're not using him like they did in September. And unless they know a way to unlock this and, and get him, they've tried involving him in the run game. They've tried doing, you know, that's what really scares you when you watch them trying to pitch it to him. Yeah, that's what. That's what really alarmed me watching that at Oklahoma State. I was like, they're so right now not confident about getting him the ball vertically through the air down the field um, that they're trying to just jet sweep it to him or run him. And it's just – He needs space. That's why he's so good. Yeah. When when he gets out in space, he can kind of – the guy that – I mean, you can tell CD from from this year just the steps he's taken – to be able to make the kind of you know kind of the cliche thing is just like the game is slowed down for him, but no, we're we're not seeing the like imagine seeing C. Lamb in like a high volume situation. Yeah, I mean it would it, it would be I, I think if if you had C. D. for what I guess Ryan Broyles was for OU's offense is like the primary receiver getting all the passes. I mean he statistically would break all the records i mean he's just and just put on a show i mean the guys you think landry jones would have loved to have had a cd lamb <laughs> probably i mean he had ron bro he Brewer, might have liked so to have had one more yeah uh i don't think riley's worried about the attitude thing either he's really not we'd like we talked to him last night he's i think he's more just like look if if i would be worried if i had a guy on the team that didn't want the ball like yeah like you recruit the guys who are going to want the ball and want to make plays. This is the frustration thing is like, yeah, is there a limit, but you want a guy to have some fire and want the football. Like I'm sure to a point it could be problematic, but I could just by watching by the tone and Riley's voice and what he told us, I don't think it's a, it's a, not a big issue. Yeah. At least what he says. Did you ever watch a, and this might age me a little bit, but did you ever watch blue mountain state? <sighs> no. It was a kind of a guilty pleasure as a 13, 14 year old to watch. It was just like a, a lot of cleavage, a lot of cleavage. It was just like a show about a college football team, like obviously like fictional, but it was on like Spike TV, I think. Mm-hmm. So that tell, that should tell you everything you need to know about the show. But uh, the main character was the backup quarterback, and his whole mission statement basically was that being the back, backup quarterback is the best job on a college football team because mm-hmm. you're in college getting it paid for free, you get to party and you have none of the responsibility. And like, you don't want those guys like necessarily to be 
when they are thrust into that role, it's just like that guy doesn't really want to be there. He's just there for the good time. And you don't want those players on your team, mm-hmm. or especially when you need them in important situations. It's good that CD is not like that. I Because I, I tend to agree with Lincoln uh, about that. You don't want guys that don't want to get the ball. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's just these this is a competitive competitive offense um lamb's kind of the perfect guy that the perfect example of an on switch off switch he's super aggressive on the field the way he just the way he like plucks catches plex catches out of the air takes off he can physically he can stiff arm guys he's a hard guy to tackle he's a very physical like uh, aggressor when he has the ball and then he's just like a punishing blocker yeah i mean he's just he he's, has that jittery uh that just electricity about him on the field and it, i think it carries over with emotion too for him but then off the field super just you know i mean you've seen him he's just kind of happy go lucky yeah at times if he's really he can be just really soft-spoken it's strange because so, but he is that kind of guy on the field so i'm not shocked that's it's typical for him to have that if it's you know if it weren't typical if he were a quiet guy and he was had that, you know, whatever that was, that bad body language uh, against OSU that was caught on TV. If he had been a quiet guy and that was uncharacteristic, I think I think what Lincoln's saying is then it would be a worry. But I don't think it's – I think this yeah. is actually characteristic for him to a degree. Obviously, if you start throwing Gatorade uh, jugs on the sideline or something worse, there's a line you can cross with it, but it doesn't sound like he's crossed it yet. Yeah. CD is just he's such a I don't want to say they're they're wasting his talent it's just but it feels like they are I think the OU isn't in this position without CD Lamb you need him for the first part of the season for sure but this is the product of being on a football team where I think uh, a product of being on a Lincoln Riley team where they just get so good like everyone just like evolves so much over the course Mm -hmm. of a season the more Lincoln Riley can kind of figure out how to use you, you know, that's why OU has been so tough in November. And I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, OU, this is a unique thing to Lincoln Riley, but mm-hmm. this is what separates him from a lot of coaches. This is what makes him great is that he is really good at utilizing his the players that he has. Uh, and you see that a lot with the great coaches. And it's just something that I think you have to appreciate, but – if you're inside that room, it's just it, it's probably tough to accept. I like that he's not married to a system where he's like, well, we're you know, by God, we're gonna throw it vertically. We're we're gonna get it to Ceedee Lamb. Like he's <laughs> he's not afraid to. I think it's a good quality for a coach to be like, well, we're not just gonna get you the ball because our calling car, our our um, reputation has been you know that we feed you know, these great outside receivers, yeah. no matter what, no matter what's happening in the framework of the officer, no, no matter what the context is of the situation right now, the context being Hertz has just been shaky. They can't afford the turnovers. I mean, he kind of understands the turnover margin was not working in OU's favor. They weren't forcing them and they were turning and they were committing them. It was going to, at some point cause a problem. Well, it got to a point at OSU where I think Hertz might've had, that might've been a season low attempts. I don't know. But it was really low. And 16 passes. And I just don't have everything in front of me to know what that is. But um, Well, I mean, 16 passing attempts. I'll, I'll look at it while you're, while you're talking. Yeah, um, well, I'm just saying um, I, I kind of have to respect that, that, that 
Riley finds a, a way in the offense that doesn't just satisfy you know your future pro receivers or any position, and that you're, you're just wanting to win. And I mean, it's just the right move. You know, you're not going to get. I don't think you're going to make it in college coaching if you just allow yourself to get run over by the stars you recruit and uh, allow that allow kind of the yourself to get pigeonholed into any one. I mean, he's still running his system, but get pigeonholed into any one style of playing that system. And, like, they're running the ball more, and this is how they're winning games. And I think they could win Saturday doing that too, look, doing exactly what they did at Oklahoma State if they want. And um, if they so happen to get into the college football playoff, I think it's good enough to win there. I'm not saying it is. They will. And I'm not saying that would be easy. But – I think they could win. I think so too. Um, to, to clarify, it was Jalen Hurts' season low of passing attempts. It was 16. His previous low was 17 against West Virginia, where he completed 16 of 17. And then he had 18 passing attempts against South Dakota, but that was kind of like the West Virginia game, just a product of him not playing the entire time. Yeah, true. And so 13 for 16, I mean, it. I mean, that's not even his best. His, his for most somebody who played the whole game. What's that? For somebody who played the whole game. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it's not even really his most efficient game he's had because 13 for 16 really jumps out. I mean, that's a, it's a good passing day, no interceptions, a touchdown. But that West Virginia game, he was 16 of 17, um, had a passer rating of 308. Uh, and then against Houston, he had a 251. And South Dakota, he had a 253. So, anyway. Um, but I really, I mean, just what's working for Oklahoma is you just kind of can't, you can't really go away from it at this point. You can't just, no. like you said, you can't appease guys, uh, because you can't appease guys at the cost of winning a football game. Um, and I think they've got a really good chance on Saturday to, to beat Baylor. Um, I don't think by any means that it's going to be easy. I, I would, I would be very shocked. I honestly would be shocked if Oklahoma won this game by more than, you know, 10 points i think if it was if it ended up being like 41 31 or something like that i I could see that but them winning by two three touchdowns i'm just not sure that's going to happen i don't think baylor's defense is going to let that happen baylor has a really good defense they're really physical i mean you've been on the beat as long as matt rule's been in waco i mean it just it's been really impressive what he's been able to do with 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 his bears team he was at 2017 which turnaround is better the one i've led or the one that he's led you've really quite quite taken the Norman transcript and turned it into an air raid offense. It's basically Hollywood. I mean, yeah. We're thriving. we got a conference room. Not everyone has one of those. you got to appreciate what we you got. got a Keurig. Got a Keurig now. It's uh, K-Cups. Just, <laughs> it's really good. Things are thriving. Come at me, Matt. Matt Rule. No. Are you, are you going to get a smock? Yeah. What do, you, what do you think of the smock? It's kind of a power move, in my opinion. He, to me, he looks like an official or like a one of the part of the chain gang. Someone that's the big. Everybody has <laughs> yeah. a fun. There's a funny response. A bunch of funny responses to it. Uh, My favorite Max is Olson did that. Did you read his story? I haven't read it yet, but I know I've heard it's good. Oh yeah, and it's Max Olson. Probably mm-hmm. probably a pretty good story. Yeah, but I, I've heard it compared to a uh, the thing you wear at the dentist's office. Yes, uh, that's what he mentioned. He mentions yeah. that, yeah, and that's in there. But uh, it always just—he looks to me like he could just pick up the chains, you know. And <laughs> Matt Rule definitely seems like a guy that, like, if they were down, like, just like, hey, this guy didn't show up to work today. 
um i feel like he would just be like i'll just grab it i'll coach i'll, yeah. I'll move the chains yeah no it, it, he's super impressive and it's crazy to think that they're where they were uh and where they're at now they have a college football playoff pulse i mean the and two years ago they were one and eleven in his first season, and then before that it was just like, you know, when he took over. Yeah, you know, I think there's only one guy that Art Bryles got to commit who stayed. They all decommitted, yeah. and he went out and signed, you know, Lynch, the defensive player of the year this year for Baylor. He signed Charlie Brewer. Matt Rule did. So it's just incredible. I mean, he has just killed it. I don't know how long they can keep him there. I don't think – I mean, it, it, Baylor is – they've got a window for Matt Rule, and it's not a big one. Um, I think that's a guy that's destined for the NFL. I mean, if there's a if there's a Big 12 coach destined for the NFL, um, I think it's Matt Rule. Get him. He'd probably try and get himself back up to the Northeast somewhere. Probably. So. I mean, heck, man. I don't know why the – Maybe room- he trades – now, do we really want to get into this? Well, what were you going to say? Well, we are going to be an 18-team stadium. You know, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't heard more thumpings of the Riley to Dallas uh, than we have lately. But um, how about this scenario? Riley to Dallas, rule to OU. Oh, man. I think you might incite a riot if Oklahoma becomes a defense first team. But I Look, I was talking to John Warner at the Waco Tribune for a story, and it took them some getting used to, too. You know, they're not – they're not strange they're well yeah they were used to Bryles offense but I think it's amazing and this is what I can't figure out about what Oklahoma fans like right now there's there seem they seem kind of just feisty about the offense you're 11 and 1 we're not putting up 60 points though yeah it wasn't the offense's fault that I understand the offense hasn't been what it used to be but I'm not in the camp that believes that the offense was to blame for their only loss that was the defense's problem they're still averaging 8.4 yards per play. Yeah, so... I know the points aren't there, but, like, guys, appreciate what you have. You've got a really efficient offense that holds onto the ball a lot longer than it used to, and I understand that it's not 62-52 type games anymore, but do you, do you want to go into a football game knowing that your defense can make a stop, or do you just want to pray that the offense is going to score every time? Because against in the college football playoff as we have learned that recipe doesn't work and i think lsu is kind of in a world of hurt when they get to the playoff i i don't really see that team going far it takes some time people adjust i guess like i can i remember when bill self went to kansas for instance roy williams transition coach you know it's a lot more offense and then bill self at the time ran like a high low yeah i don't know if he still runs that i don't really watch them that much but he still usually gets a pretty good big guy but it yeah. was definitely slowed down. Like he always has a really good center. You're right. It was in Roy Williams is definitely up and down. It's just transition style basketball. In those first two years, people didn't like that because it's just fun to watch the up and down style. So it's an adjustment. But like, I don't think anybody's complaining about Bill Self in 2008. You know what I mean? Well, like they if won you a just, national title that year. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like if you could win, <laughs> if you can win, no one's gonna care. So. Matt Rule to Oklahoma. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, Lincoln boy. Riley to Dallas. I mean, no, Matt I don't Rule, know what's going to happen. I'm just saying, like that, that would be crazy. Matt Rule, the the coach of the year in the Big Twelve, by the way. So he's got that going. Breaking. For 
<laughs> I'm just looking at the All Big Twelve, All Big Twelve awards, and you mentioned uh, Joe, J- Joe Bettner L- bringing you the latest James from Tuesday. Well, you mentioned James Lynch, James Lynch being the defensive player of the year. I'm curious what you thought of uh, thought of the awards. They have so many awards, and I know that they I know that they have like ten of them. But like it always catches me off guard for some reason when I see like offensive newcomer of the year, mm-hmm. offensive freshman of the year, and right. just like special teams player of the year, offensive lineman. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, let's calm down. Right. Um, but Chuba Hubbard, offensive player of the year, not breaking news. Curious if, I mean, do you have issue with that? I not really. I I uh, he didn't. What so Hertz led the league in total offense. But um, you just have to weigh, was that, is that more impressive than what Hubbard did on the ground? I mean, Hubbard doesn't throw the ball if he could. I'm not, it's just, I don't even know if I'm making sense right now, but like Hertz leads the league in total offense because he's a quarterback and he, who also runs and he's in a position where he can gain those yards. You know, Hubbard can't. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. I mean. You don't. I'm one, I'm not one to ask about a, I really have for a long time really not cared about the individual awards. Interesting. I'm pretty bad about it. Um Interesting. They just don't do it for me. And I understand people were all they were all turned up about this. Or am I right? It seemed like there were some people that thought Hurt should have won. I mean, he got newcomer of the year, which I know that James James so James Lynch got defensive player of the year and defensive lineman of the year. So I don't know if like it's probably not like a thing where like you can't win both. Um yeah, I'm sure. Nation's leading rusher is a thing. I yeah. think that's a that's a pretty hard crown to attain. I wonder if he's the first Canadian-born like all like Big Twelve offensive player of the year. Sorry, random thought. I bet he is. Um, it's just interesting to me. You know, kind of looking at the preseason all Big Twelve. What did we learn? Our, our Lord and Savior, defensive player of the year, Kenneth Murray. Um, who I thought had a really good like looking back I think I think that that's was a good that's worth revisiting at this point because I was a little bit harsh on him I think um you know who the newcomer of the year was Jalen Hurts oh in the preseason yeah oh yeah so they got that right but no I think I think Kenneth Murray that they kind of nailed that one I mean he didn't win the award obviously but like had a really good season he was an all big 12 linebacker first put team. himself right in the mix um he was up for defensive player of the year. If you look at the honorable mention, like Gabe Burkich was up for special teams player of the year. Uh, Nelvo Gallimore, defensive lineman of the year. Um, Jalen Hurts did have, I guess, votes for offensive player of the year, um, as did C.D. Lamb. And then Jalen Redman, defensive uh, defensive freshman of the year, which doesn't make sense. I guess he redshirted last year. Did he I not? The, I guess you're still – he did redshirt, but I guess okay. you're still eligible. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, LaRon Stokes as defensive newcomer of the year. I feel like, I mean, do you feel like I, I, I don't I I feel, tell you a whole lot of de- you know, the hard part about that is trying to remember who all the newcomers are. I mean, it's a freshman or it's a transfer. I've always found that one to be kind of. Yeah. But Stokes has made what? Nine starts. Yeah. I, I mean, guess I just like I I don't like I don't made feel a like difference on the league's top defense. You know, has started a lot of games on the Big 12's top defense, and he may just very well uh, have been. I just know. don't know if we hear his name a lot, but I mean, thirteen tackles, uh, half a sack, 
that's it. I mean, I'm not saying it's a terrible year for a guy that's in, in his first year coming out of uh, JUCO, but just interesting interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, no no big thoughts on all Big Twelve. I'm always interested in it. For, I mean, I just I what think interests it's a, you the most. Just like what the basically i like i like seeing who the guys that they pick for first and second team i mean everything else is just kind of doesn't really matter but i think you don't get into like the minutiae of the honorable mention i guess what i what what i'm more interested in is just like in a league where it's i mean it's been not so much this year but it's so dominated by offense and now with the way the the league has risen defensively i'm always curious to see like how um, the voters think of you know individual Big Twelve defensive player or defensive players, and so seeing guys like you know Kenneth Murray and being honored in that way, and obviously uh, it's just always interesting when like a Texas Tech or just a defense that you don't really think of too much, and they have a guy you're like oh yeah he did have a really mm-hmm. good year, so just that stuff always interests me, as well as like knowing who the good offensive linemen are, especially just I mean. Oklahoma with Creed Humphrey it's kind of weird that he was the only one to make first team and then second team wise I don't think they had oh they had Adrian Ely that's right um just interesting to me first second team all big 12 wide receiver Jeremiah Hall so go figure on that one Mm -hmm. Uh, not much of a receiver but good for Jeremiah for getting all big 12 nod anyway just interesting stuff um and also just kind of weird seeing OSU wait, 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 wait. Back, 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 back. Whoa. You said receiver? Yeah. That's actually, that's actually a misprint. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, they need to change it online. Well, I know. It was discovered uh, something. It's not right. He did make it as a fullback. Okay. They just screwed that up. Whoa. Kobe Bullard of Baylor was also second team, all Big 12 fullback. So He might be a receiver. Take that for data. Yeah, I don't know. Take those numbers into a camp. <laughs> anyway, um, big game, big game on Saturday. Tyler and I will be there as will Clay, Clayton Horning, uh, senior sports columnist of the Norman Transcript. Um, Tyler, before we get out of here, I got to ask you, it's pretty unprecedented what OU's doing. And they are going for their fifth consecutive Big 12 title. Honestly, just super impressive with how hard it is to win any football conference. But five years in a row... I mean, how much does that mean a lot to you? To, to I, I know that fans probably at this point are maybe a little bit numb to it. Just it's kind of a saturated thing at this point. What do you think of it? Yeah, uh, I kind of I, like. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. Like if if you win five, which I think last time they won five uh, was seventy two to eighty. I think was the street. It's a good time for the Sooners. Yeah, and um, so yeah, you got to go back to one of the best stretches in the program history, and then I think you have to go back even further uh, to find the last time they won five outright. So oh, you had a shared one in there, I think. I think that's right. Um, I think it is a big deal. I think five in a row is like. I think you need to do you start calling it the streak? You know, capital T, capital S. It's up there. I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to be the story, the, the narrative going into next season. Can anyone knock off the Sooners? It becomes a thing. And I think fans are like, well, there's too much emphasis on winning the Big 12. 
I could get that in basketball. You don't have to win your conference. Like, yeah. like literally, if you need to rest guys so you can win the NCAA tournament, I didn't, don't get me started on the conference tournament. Unless you need to improve your C, that thing's a waste of time. Um, but in basketball, the regular season league crown is its just for show. It's for your trophy case. You know, I, I, I'd be all about, you know, putting guys on the bench or resting them, whatever. Who cares about that title? But in football, you've got to go win. You've got to go win a conference title to put yourself in position to get into the national championship fold. So, who cares if they're putting a big emphasis on winning the national or the conference championship, the national championship, the conference? <laughs> who cares if they're trying to win? A it's natty. about having fun. Uh, I do want to say. I mean, I know that not all fans probably think this way. Winning the Big Twelve probably isn't like it. I don't want to say every OU fan is. You know doesn't care about winning a big 12 title yeah i think i think there probably are people that do see it as you know it's a big accomplishment each year and lincoln riley tries to re-emphasize it every time it gets brought up just like winning the big 12 is hard we've watched good big or good ou teams like struggle to go win one i mean yeah the last two the this one currently if they can do it i mean it isn't it isn't easy so i think five would be a huge deal you know what I, i found a stat the other day did you yeah OU never not won the Big 12 with Lincoln Riley on staff. So, took some digging, hours of research. But as long as Lincoln Riley's been on staff, Sooners are won the Big 12. It's huge, Joe. So, put you up can the antenna. Get, um, uh, you, you can subscribe to our Patreon uh, for more advanced metrics. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out your, uh, your API. Your adjusted percentage index. I know. People don't respect the That's transcripts adjusted power index efficiency rating powered by Midway no Deli. Yeah. If if you could also get the sponsorship, it's really important. It keeps the server running and anyway. Um The server is an iPhone calculator. <laughs> what's funny is I mean like I, I so this stemmed from a joke about oh you getting a vote in the AP top twenty five for men's basketball, which hey, you're a big AP top twenty five voter now. I for some reason this was the week I decided I'm gonna tweet out my ballot. I'm gonna be that guy. I'm just gonna say like not, here man? it is. Pride of the transcript. Um and oh boy, did they did they find did they find me? Did they find you? Oh, <laughs> the, the it's Mar- the worst. The Maryland fans found me because I I jumped uh which was turned out to be a bad decision. Virgin I, I put I jumped Virginia over Maryland, who I previously had them below, but Virginia held Maine to twenty six points and I was like that defense is legit. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, I'm moving Virginia past Maryland. And then Virginia gets beat like 64 to 40. Um, and so uh, by, by, per- by Purdue, uh, who's unranked. Um, so welcome back to the top 25, Purdue. Um, <laughs> but God, Virginia scored 40 points. They, I, I just thought it was a matter of kind of like what OU does defensively. Just like they're so good defensively that it doesn't really matter that their offense is not great. You don't want to get down to that level of. No. I mean, you you need it's a balance. You don't want to get down to we're so good at defense, but one night we might just not be able to score. Might like, poop the bed. God, that's horrible to watch too. I mean, as a uh, unabashed San Antonio Spurs fan, I can tell you all about not having quite the offense and having just a stellar defense. It makes for some boring games to watch, but you win. You win sometimes. You learn to really like appreciate grit 
and effort. What's funny is like their twenty wits. their twenty fourteen title when they beat Miami the in the in the rematch of the NBA finals, like was just a terrific offense. Mm-hmm. They they really figured it out. They I mean, they had some guy named Kawhi Leonard who was in his third year in the league, but mm-hmm. that um, helps. Turned out or second year in the league, really. Uh, it turned out to be really good. Um but yeah. Uh Tyler, I think that about does that for, for this episode. Yeah, let's keep this thing rolling. Next up, uh we'll figure <laughs> out we'll figure out where we're uh heading as a media contingent. We'll figure out where Oklahoma's heading as a athletic sports team. And um, yeah, Sunday will be really the next three days. I think will be interesting. Like Friday, the, this Big Twelve game falls in the perfect window. You've got the Pac twelve championship to be able to watch Friday. You've got the Big Twelve championship at eleven. You got that SEC game at two thirty, and it's all leading up to that SEC game because none of it matters if Georgia wins. That's true. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun weekend. Should be. Drive safe, Tyler. That's all I got. Am I supposed to respond to that? I don't know. You just kind of... Why did you tell me to drive safe? I just want you to drive safe. I will. I always do. It's going great. seems like a passive-aggressive shot at me. It wasn't. If you know my driving history, (laughs) you know it wasn't. (laughs) Should really drive safe out there, everyone. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Okay, see ya. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. Another OU Football Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. So whether you're listening on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you do use Apple, we'd appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously and gets the word out about the show. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day, and we'll hope you'll tune in again for the next episode. On behalf of the Transcript Sports staff, my name is Joe Bettner, and we will catch you next time.